Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. What if you could make fresh, delicious meals at home without the stress of planning, prepping, or cleaning up? Introducing Tavala. Tavala is a first-of-its-kind meal service that makes eating well effortless. By combining a countertop smart oven with delivered meals, just scan a QR code to cook dinner. First, choose from a variety of chef-crafted meals delivered weekly to your door. When you're ready to eat, just do one minute of easy prep. Next, scan your meal's QR code with the Tavala smart oven, while the oven automatically switches between modes and temperatures for the perfect cook. Just sit back and relax. Your food's ready in 25 minutes or less. No shopping, no chopping, no cleanup. Simplify mealtime today with Tavala. Go to Tavala.com now to save $150 on a Tavala smart oven when you agree to order meals six times. That's T-O-V-A-L-A.com. Promo applied automatically at checkout. Tavala. Eat well effortlessly. Tavala.com. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I am the unfamiliar face of the Wednesday Bulletin, uh, stepping in for the troops to join Colin Watt. I, I am, of course, Paul John Dykes, and this is a Celtic State of Mind. Uh, over the last, in fact, over the last few months, Colin, the whole mood of Axom and uh, a great number of Celtic fans has been lifted because of the performances, the results, because of Ange Postecoglou, because of some of the new heroes we've got playing for the team. 
But in particular, since Sunday, uh, I have noticed an upturn um, in interest and in the mood in the camp. So I'm now getting a chance to talk to you about it. I know that uh, Wee Declan was at the game on Sunday. Did you manage to get a ticket? I didn't, no. Um, I was unfortunately not able to get one, but um, I watched it in the, the local CSC and the atmosphere was brilliant. Um, I think it was even better because we came from behind to actually get the points, which is something that we haven't seen Celtic do um, over the last couple of years has come from behind in difficult circumstances. So, um, yeah, great great scenes and um, from what I can remember, a great night out. From what you can remember, we'll leave it at that. So you were at the Greenock CSC and, uh, I mean, obviously a, a great number of Celtic fans tried to get tickets, but we've, we've got that scenario at the moment. We're going to come back to that. We spoke about it on Monday. Uh, Natasha and Amy were on the show where we're talking about where we are really with the ticketing scenario uh, when it comes to the Glasgow Derby and what does Sunday do to the future of ticket allocations? I mean, I think it's a massive discussion point. We are, of course, waiting for anyone uh, to speak on an official basis about it, but it is a big concern when you see those those sites. We'll be talking about that. People talk about this game all across the globe, Colin, and I've heard Celtic fans saying that you know it consumes you for the week leading up to it and for the week afterwards. It is a bit like that, but of course we are already looking towards the next fixture. Um, and there's a couple of other questions, maybe more medium term about certain futures of players at the club as well that are that is relevant and also of course about Ange Postacoglu um, and what we can do to make sure that this man is at Celtic Park long enough to complete the job um, we spoke oh man it must have been a couple of years ago now Colin and um, we were in the toll booth in Stirling and mm. you myself and, and Kevin Graham were waiting on a guest that day Yep. Who had to call off uh, the last minute? So we thought, you know, we'll do a we'll do a show just the three of us if we were in the studio. Um, so obviously, we decided to do our team of the decade. But it wasn't just their usual one to eleven because the discussion that came out of it, Colin, was all these amazing players. You know, every season we've got star star players, but we're never able to keep a hold of them long enough to create an impression. Uh, on a European stage. And I think what we're doing now is we're looking at this team uh, that Ange has, you know, over two transfer windows, Colin, assembled. And there's superstars in there. There's also guys you can really rely on, like your Carter Vickers and uh, and others. And I'm just looking at that and thinking that we need to break the mould a wee bit when it comes to uh, how we normally approach recruitment. Uh, mm. There's guys in there that, you know, if we were to sell in the summer would... would make a massive profit on but I don't think that is the road we need to go down um, what's your thoughts on this because obviously this ties in with the longer view of Angie's tenure at Celtic as well he wants to do something um, special he wants to do something in Europe the first thing we need to do of course is win this league um, we're yeah. not taking that for granted but we are looking a wee bit ahead as well because you know we could talk for five days on the bulletin about the game on Sunday and we will touch on some of the aspects of it but we're also looking ahead we're looking ahead to the summer we're looking to strengthen rather than deplete this squad keep it together I mean I don't remember your team specifically, uh, your team of the decade. I remember a couple of the inclusions, Colin. But the the big discussion that day was, imagine we were able to keep that collection of guys together for three, four seasons and let them develop. Yep. Uh, and what could we do in Europe? Are we at that point where you're thinking along those lines? 
Uh, we're getting there. I, I mean, going back a couple of months, if we go back and watch some of the, the, the previous bulletins that we've done, um, one of the talking points that we spoke about, and I mentioned it at the time, was when you look back to that January transfer window, that was actually Celtic strengthening as a squad. It wasn't sort of temporary gap fills here and there. It wasn't loan signings. Yeah, okay, Mieda comes in on a loan, but that's with the look for a permanent. In fact, I believe it is basically a permanent deal. There's just something had to be done around his work permit to get him here um, for the rest of the season. You look at the guys that we brought in, Matt O'Reilly, the, the three Japanese players, mm. um, it was all the focus on strengthening the squad for now, but also for next season as well. When you look at some of the times that Celtic have had to go into these Champions League qualifiers and by all accounts, if everything continues to go well, we won't have to worry about those next season. Um, then you, you were sitting going, well, do you know what? Even at the time, if we had to go into them, Celtic actually had a strong team that we could have built upon. It wasn't as if we were stopgapping and filling in players. Like last season, we, we've known we've needed a right back for God knows how long. And we, since, we kept since Lustig, arguably, probably, probably even whilst Lustig was here, mm. and we brought uh, yeah, in guys like the planning, Jeremy, the planning yeah. wasn't there, was it? No, I mean, we brought in guys like Jeremy Toyan, John Joe Kenny, all these sort of gaps. Maurice Bauer as loan signings at right back. I know it was your favorite. Um, and it wasn't until this summer that we actually strengthened in that position by bringing in Joseph Janovic and obviously the kind of career revolution of Anthony Ralston is not anything many people could have predicted at the start of the season so to have two solid options there it's not as if you're going into the pre-season coming up saying we definitely need a first choice this position we need a first choice that position because there is players there that you can say do you know what if we came up against a, a Michelinder if we came up against a, um, a Lash Care or teams like that that we've played in those sort of earlier rounds, mm. you have the faith that the players that we've got there could do that job. And then when it gets beyond that stage, we could have backed them. Now, as it stands, we look as if we're going to be able to go straight into the group stages. So our focus from the minute that the January transfer window opens should be on players that can improve the team that we've got just now to the standard to be able to at least compete with either the third or second place team in that Champions League group pot. Last 16 is obviously the target everybody wants, but being in there and being amongst the big boys is is a great thing to be, but you want to be competitive as well. You don't want to be just the team that turns up and gets cuffed every week. You want to mm-hmm. be, um, you take a look at some of the teams this season who, I can't even remember the name of the team that's really bugging me, that beat Real Madrid. Um yeah, <laughs> but you take a look at that. I mean, tractor. Yeah, tractor. Yeah, tractor. Yeah. So I mean, teams like that. You look at the budgets and after the... what you did to me two weeks ago in the quiz, you expect me to help you out there? Come on. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> um, I heard it went down really well this Friday as well, but we'll get back to that later. Um, you just want to be able to compete at that level. You don't just want to be there. You want to be able to compete as well. Mm-hmm. And I think with the money that we're bringing in and the transfer record that Andrew's already shown to have then we should be looking at the targets and saying, that's our man, we'll bring him in, get him in early, get him a full pre-season and let's hit the ground running. One of the interesting things I noticed this week, and it was an article came out for The Athletic, and Kieran Devlin mentioned that um, Paddy Roberts had a conversation with Anne Postacoglu last Mm pre-season and Anne's decided it wasn't his type of player. 
that he wasn't single-minded enough to come in and make an impact at Celtic. Now, that kind of shows you the kind of player that Ange is looking to to bring into the club. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, these guys have got the aspirations of making it to the highest level possible. You're not telling me someone like Jota and Abada don't really have less than one eye on the next move after Celtic, but at least when they're here, they're giving their all for the club, and that's all you can ask for. Well, you mentioned uh, Paddy Roberts there. I, I watched, uh, sorry, I read that with interest because we've gone out and got Jota on the back of that uh, deal not materialising. And I think earlier in the season, did we not hear from Sviachenko uh, mm-hmm. something similar whereby, you know, there was the opportunity for us to go back in for Eric Sviachenko and Ange Postacoglu decided against it. Um, and I'm guessing at that point we've gone to get Cameron Carter-Vickers. So I think we've come out on top with, with both those deals. We've got to trust Ange Postacoglu. I mean, he's got mm-hmm. a great track record at Celtic. But the one big thing I take from it, Colin, is the control. Yeah. The control from Ange Postacoglu when it comes to the point, you know, do you want to get this over the line? And it's his call. Because we've also heard from Joe Hart recently where it was quite clearly Ange Postacoglu, even though Hart was on a radar a year earlier. I mean, that's normal for a club to have a whole wealth, a dossier of players in every position. And we've looked at him a year ago. We've gone back in for him. But it's on Ange's um, wish or otherwise that we bring these players in. And that... Is something I think we were quite concerned about, not just under Neil Lennon, but you know, with Brendan Rodgers. I mean, he made it quite clear with some of the players that they were getting brought into the club, and it wasn't really his wish to yeah. to bring in the likes of uh, Marion Fed, for example. Yeah. He made that point pretty clear in the interview. He made the point on compare pretty clear by not playing him. But I think we've now got a situation where there was probably a couple of legacy signings, right? The Sheffield Wednesday boys, Urigidi and, and Shaw, signed before he arrived. Yeah. So they've gone ahead and, and Ange's looked at that and said, you know, let's get them out on loan. You know, there might be players for me in the future, but they're not my plans at the moment. And I think that when you start hearing these these stories filtering through Paddy Roberts, Joe Hart, Sviachenko, you realise that there is a, a real control um, when it comes to recruitment. And we trust his judgment when it comes to the players. We're going to be talking a wee bit about some of the players' performances on Sunday and whether or not there are a few that need to be maybe rested or rotated for this Saturday's game as well against St Johnston. A massive opportunity for Celtic to go nine points clear. And it has also been confirmed that uh, we will be witnessing the long-awaited return of Kyogo Furuhashi. I remember the day he signed and I was elsewhere and you were running the bulletin. And mm-hmm. that was the on the day that, that Kyogo signed and there was a real sense of excitement about uh, the arrival of Kyogo that day and uh, he's kept us excited ever since. Although he has had two fairly lengthy layoffs through injury, so it's great mm-hmm. to, to have him back. I think it's great that we've seen a couple of performances from Turnbull in the last couple of games as well, cameo appearances, uh, which means that we are only going to get stronger. Has there been any update on potential injuries that were sustained at the weekend? Is that something that Angel probably touch on in his pre-match presser? I would imagine so. I've not heard anything um, coming out of the club this week, so uh, it was O'Reilly. I was a bit worried about. Yeah, uh, it's always horrible to see someone getting subbed on and subbed off in such a a short period of time. But um, and especially in that central midfield position, where I thought coming towards the end of his time on the park, I thought Hatati was just he was running to the ground. He was totally out of steam by the time he came off the park. Mm. O'Reilly was coming on to add that bit of energy into the team. 
um, especially after we'd taken Rodjick off as well. And obviously didn't last very long. Got a, a, a fairly, <laughs> what looked quite sore uh, injury from the tackle, which uh, was basically said play on. And we, we'll go back to that later, but hey-ho. Um, look, it was good to see Turnbull coming back on. He didn't really have the, the impact, and he's not really had the impact in these games, but he's getting the opportunity to do so now. What will be interesting to see is what the midfield three will be on um, Saturday, mm-hmm. because I think you're talking about guys needing a rest and stuff like that. I would definitely have been given Hitati a rest this weekend. However, with the injury to O'Reilly, and then you're looking at the others that can sort of slot into that position, you just wonder whether he'll maybe have to play this game. Um, and again, I guess it's just a case of playing your strongest 11 between now and until the league's wrapped up and then taking it from there. We'll talk about that as the first subject then, Colin, uh, seeing how, how you've touched on it. But let's get some of the commenters into the chat. It's always great to see you. You've been supporting us um, for years now, and in particular this season, it's been great to see the numbers coming through to watch and listen to A Celtic State of Mind. You can, of course, watch it on YouTube and various other platforms. You can listen to it on all the podcast audio platforms, speaker, iTunes, um, Spotify, etc. Uh, we had over 53,000 of you tuning in just on Sunday. That's astonishing, Colin. Um, and Man, by the way, was, there was more tuned in here than what was actually at the game. That's one way to look at it. It's incredible because, you know, it's not something that you become obsessed with, but every now and again on a, a day that you know has been a big day, you will check it out. You'll check out the chart placings, etc. And you've basically you've you've propelled us. Every one of you has propelled us into, you know, the top 10 of the UK charts. That's a hard, hard thing to get mm-hmm. into. You know, you're up there with the big guns, your BBC, the Guardian, all these guys. Um, you know, number seven in Australia, number six in, in Ireland. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in. It means the world to us, Colin. It really does. Yeah. And people over the last week have been talking about the stick um, that I think we've all came in for a bit of stick and all that. Listen, it, it doesn't it does not outweigh the amount of positivity that we get from people, Colin, the amount of DMs we get from people um, and, and you know, well-wishers and everybody that comes in. So, you know what, it washes the negativity away for me. Um, we're going to bring in a few comments, but before I do that, Declan and his team yesterday were chatting away and they were so busy that they didn't announce the winner of the Simple Minds tickets. Uh, they're playing tonight. And I'm looking for a Stephen Keatings who has subscribed to our YouTube channel. Stephen, if you're watching, get in touch. Please get in touch because we've got the tickets here for you. It's an email. That's all it takes. We'll email them to your phone and you can go to the Hydro tonight. Two tickets for Simple Minds. I think it's a gig that's been announced about a couple of years ago, Colin. One of these ones that's been put off and put off. Yeah. And uh, obviously, Jim Kerr and the boys, Charlie Butchell, etc. Uh, £130, the two tickets are worth. It's a great prize. But if we can't get in touch with the winner, Colin, we might have to throw it out to the subs again. It was a random number generator that selected Stephen Keating. So please get in touch, Stephen. I think, Paul, if you don't hear back, when's a reasonable time? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. This week on the Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. We announced it yesterday during the show. So there's been 24 hours. Um, It would be good to actually get the staple down by the end of today by the end of this show today because we need to give people time to get to Glasgow even 2 o'clock if I say if we don't hear back by 2 o'clock then we've got a fantastic charity initiative going on at the minute and if someone wants to make a a very nice donation to that charity then perhaps they could get the tickets as well listen mate that that would be tremendous let us know what you think in the comments section please there's plenty of you tuning in at the moment, IH decorating last week, he was bemoaning, be- bemoaning, easy for me to say, that my daughter had a ticket for the semi but couldn't buy as she was under 16. Contacted the club and they sorted it by offering us both a ticket. So fair play. Nice, yeah. positive story there from IH decorating, Colin. Yeah, you remember that one from last week. We were speaking about the ticket allocation last week for the semi-final mm-hmm. um, and IH was coming in saying that his daughter could. Um, get a ticket but he couldn't because he didn't come out in the ballot and but she wasn't able to buy because he's under or she was under 16 so it, it's one of these things that they really should have to work on that but when the tickets have been outsourced to the likes of Ticketmaster then maybe the, the logic goes out the window as well but good to see that both him and his daughter are going and uh, after my moaning last week I managed to get a ticket in the, the ballot yesterday as well so I'll be there too Oh, you're chuffed. We will be talking about some of the rotation that might happen against St Johnston, but DS1 also brings in a good point. Angie's name gaining traction down south. We'll be talking about Ange Postacoglu during the show. And David Bradley comes in, um, prompted, I guess, by the Kugel Firahashi headline, and uh, says Gigi starts on Saturday. He's well earned it. So we'll be talking about that as well. How do we shape up when it comes to Saturday's game? But Colin spoke about some of the options. Um, I had a, a wee list here of the players who, I'm not say, saying they played badly, but they did seem a bit jaded. Uh, I mean, I, I don't have any negativities um, to mention about Celtic on Sunday. There were quite a few negatives about the day as a whole, uh, but not involving Celtic as such. But a few of the performances where they seemed a little jaded, they might need a rest, I felt, Colin, were uh, Riho Atati, who you've mentioned. I thought Juranovic mm-hmm. was a wee bit... Um, out of sorts, uh, and Jota, I didn't think I had his best game. Uh, what do we do with the, with these three, or were there any others? Do you rotate them? Do you let them play th- play through it? Because we're now playing less games, um, so it may just be they had an off day. You just let them play through it. How do you think Ange is going to deal with that? I want to start with Jota there, right? So, in my opinion. And I don't know what you think, having looked back at the game, because when I watched it the first time, my first thoughts were, Maida was brilliant at running about, but I felt as if he was miles out of position. Absolutely miles out of position, going as him playing on the left-hand side. Because you saw the amount of joy that Tavernier was getting coming down the right-hand side, the amount of times that we were able to double up on the right-hand side and get some crosses over, and obviously Celtic done extremely well to clear it every time. 
but it was only when Hatati came off that I noticed Maeda sort of going back into that left sort of full back whatever kind of position you would say that he, he should be in when he's defending the ball mm. for the most part of that game Maeda actually played as a second striker so it was as if Ange had changed his tactics up for that game knowing what Rangers strengths were and knowing where their weaknesses were and he tried to exploit on that for me, I felt as if he was the more central option to um, Giacomacchus at times. I thought Giacomacchus was the one that sort of dropped back. And if you look at the, the ball through to Abada for what should have been the third goal, mm. Abada really should have taken that one. It's him that's playing the pass from about 25, 30 yards out through the defence. Made is the one that's furthest forward. And you, you noticed he was the one that was getting in behind the Rangers defence, causing them a lot of trouble because they don't have the pace there. When Jota was on the ball, he was traditionally the winger. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't anybody on the other side, so they were able to double up on him. So I think he was sort of played out of the game at times, but his ball retention was very, very good. He was able to sort of when they were coming up, attack after attack, he was able to keep the ball for a bit, give the defence a rest and then get the ball out. When we come back to playing St Johnston this Saturday, I'd imagine that Celtic will go back to the sort of traditional three that they've played up front, where you'll have a traditional left winger, a right winger and a, a centre forward, mm. whether that be um, Kyogo or Giacomacchus. Um And I think what you'll notice is a badder will probably come back in um, and it'll either be Jota or Maeda on the, the left-hand side, whichever one um, is is fittest. So you'll probably see them playing in that more traditional position on Saturday, and I think when Jota's back into his natural position, you get the best out of him. What he did, his shift that he was asked to do very well, but it's different from what we've seen from him so far this season. Mm. I mean, Abada. Do you think that um, he's been a bit unlucky not to be starting games recently? I mean, when you look at the, and we keep going on about his age, but the impact that he's had in his debut season for Celtic with the goals and the assists, Colin. Yeah, I agree. One of the two chances should definitely have been uh, a goal on, on Sunday. But I don't think he had any particularly bad performances where I don't even consider him dropped. I just think this is something that Ange is going to do. He's going to rest players when he gets the Mm -hmm. opportunity. But when you rest a player and uh, a guy like Maeda comes in and makes such an impact himself, it's then difficult to drop drop him. Um, So going into this game against St John, I'm going to ask the question then, because I don't think uh, Kyogo should start um, against St John. So I just think that, you know, we bleed him back in. Um, I might... I might be wrong, but perhaps he would he would be an option against uh, Rangers in the cup. But again, it would be very harsh to be dropping Yakamakis after his performances. And I mean, we will talk about his performance against Rangers because I thought he was absolutely pivotal to the victory. Mm-hmm. He was massive to the victory. Now, what about my relationship with Yakamakis? You know, when he was missing the penalty against Livingston, that's not when I kind of like had you know I had a criticism of him. I didn't have a criticism of his performance as such. Anyone can miss a penalty, right? But then there was a couple of games where I wasn't that impressed. Um, and then after that, he comes out, scores a couple of hat-tricks back-to-back at Celtic Park. He's in amongst the goals. Um, he gives a couple of interviews that I actually loved. And I said at the time that I loved the confidence. People thought it was arrogant. Um, you never talk about winning league titles and, and stuff like that. I thought it was refreshing, Colin, because last season... 
we were getting none of that from Celtic players or the management. We, we were getting a team who were almost defeated from as far back as Ferenc Varos when you were in here in the studio with Kevin Maguire. Yeah. And all I wanted was for someone to grab the club by the scruff of the neck and no one seemed capable or willing to do it last season. So when I heard Yakamakis talking like that, I didn't see it as arrogance. I just seen self-belief. You know, and I think that Ange Postacoglu's given us as a fan base a lot of belief. He must have been given the players that self-belief as well. Where are you with Giacomacchus? I mean, his performance on Sunday was astonishing. And by the way, all the um, occasions where I've written down that someone was impeded, nine times out of ten at Giacomacchus, he's getting a lot of he's, he's getting a lot of attention. He's taking a lot of blows for the team. Near the end of the game, he could barely run. And I'm not surprised because he's getting kicked no. about. Yeah. Um, so talk to me about where you are with Yakamakis. Um, he's turned around. The, the Ryan Jack uh, situation, the, the flashpoint with, with Ryan Jack. And also, do you do you play him on Saturday or do you feel the time is right? Maybe to rest him and, and, and bring in Kyogo from the start. I've got to say, I've always been someone who has been... It, it looked favourably upon... Jackamacus. We've had conversations before offline on on WhatsApp and stuff where we've disagreed on where heated, heated conversations. Ah, uh, not not so much heated. Um, it wasn't quite the the Tony Ralston and Leo Connor no. uh, debate, was it? No, but it was. It was a debate trying, nonetheless. I was trying to point out to you at the time where I don't think you've seen it until later on was where his contribution to the team wasn't necessarily him being the twenty. 25 goal a season striker that he kind of looked as if he was going to be when he came in um, from last season in the Eredivisie and scoring those amount of goals but is the option that Celtic's not had now for a number of years mm-hmm. even when you've had guys like Edward and um, Dembele up front as much as they've been physical they've also been quick they've also been able to get in behind and we've sort of played to that strength of it you've never really seen someone who can kind of bring the ball down and then maybe shield it off with three or four other players round about him to let the rest of the play link up. And yeah, he was missing quite a few chances at the the start of his run, but you just had that feeling that if he got five or six games, he would get going. And he's going to score the goals um, against the the Dundee Uniteds and the St Mirrens that he has done so far, and he'll he'll get the the odd goal here and there against the, the bigger teams. But if he scores ten fifteen goals a season, it takes the pressure off the other players round about him. At Celtic, we've always really had that one striker who scores twenty thirty maybe forty goals a season. Then we've had maybe a winger who can contribute ten or so. We've never had that second striker that say, well, when we're taking off our thirty goal a season striker, we're bringing on someone else who also causes every bit as much trouble for the defence as what the, the original player had done. And with Jack and Marcus, we definitely do have that now. I think going ahead to, to Saturday, considering the defence he's going to be up against, um, I would definitely play him. I'd play him because I think he's going to get a lot of joy in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when you've had someone who's been battering you for 65, 70 minutes, and then the next thing you've got this speed merchant coming on and either Maeda or Furuhashi, the defenders must be looking at themselves going, ref, come on, how, how long's left here? This is what you want as a, a Celtic team. You don't want the players coming off, sorry, coming on, 
to be a step down from the players that started. You want that headache as a manager to say, right, who are we actually going to start here? Because we could pick any one of the three and they'll all do this a, a good job for us. Mm. So having someone who can come on and get right up to speed and cause every bit as much trouble for the, the last 20 minutes as what there has been for the first 70, that is, a, that is the Ange Postacoglu way. This is the we do not stop. That's that's the mentality that he's trying to get into the team. And I think we're only now just seeing it further down the line. As much as we thought we saw it earlier on in the season with the sort of high scoring results, we're now seeing it once he's starting to get his squad built together. The irony of that, that slogan, though, we never stop, is they've got three full stops in it instead of one. So they stop <laughs> twice unnecessarily in that. Uh, CCV definitely going to stay Jason Lee says we will be getting into the chat about Cameron Carter-Vickers and Jota one thing I'm looking forward to calling by the way is uh, Maeda and Kyogo playing in the same team mm. you were talking about energy levels I mean Maeda is a nightmare for defences and goalkeepers alike I mean he could have forced a, a penalty that was one of the chats that we had through, through the week Colin could have forced a penalty from McGregor um, we said after his first game or two that he's going, he's going to cause some trouble for goalkeepers this season, be that nipping in just before it and he's getting a penalty um, or you know something that just looks like a normal pass back becomes a chance for Celtic because he's right down their throats. And I thought he'd done that really, really well on Sunday. I'm looking forward to seeing him and Kyogo lining up. Jason Lee, I hope you're right mm-hmm. about Cameron Carter-Vickers. I what really I'd do. What I'd be interested about with the, the whole Kyogo and Maeda playing up front is, would you be... Tempted to change the tactics slightly and play with the two of them through the middle and then having someone like Jota and Abada on both sides because against teams like St Johnston, I don't feel as if you need to play a defensive midfielder. I don't think you need to play someone in that position because they're going to probably stick nine, ten men behind the ball and ask Celtic to break them down. If you've got the two kind of running about up front and then the two coming down the wings, it means that you're looking at maybe a midfield of even McGregor and Rogic, which is a very attacking lineup. But when you look at the defence behind them, they've been pretty solid this season. And kind of playing that sort of 4-2-4 or 4-4-2, whatever way you want to look at it, it just kind of gives the defence that they're coming up against a different sort of proposition and they're not maybe sure who to pick up, who to mark. And with the injuries that we're picking up as well, it might be the best thing for the squad. I, I would be interested to see it, Colin. I really would. I mean, when you look at the some of the fixtures that you've got at home and you expect us to have the lion's share of possession, I would expect that this Saturday, in actual fact. Um, you think to yourself, well, th- this team could manage it. And like you say, the defence is strong enough to manage it. Whether or not Ange does it, I don't know. I mean, I mean he seems to favour, if he's playing Kyogo and Maeda in the same team, I wonder if one of them will be playing left. And I don't like Kyogo out left. You know, mm-hmm. I know that he's played a lot of his football there. Uh, I much prefer him through the middle, but then when you've got Yakamakis on the form that he's on. Uh, again, brilliant dilemmas to have. I mean, Absolutely. these are headaches. These, these are brilliant dilemmas for, for the gaffer to have as well. Um, we've got Ian McLear coming in, who thinks Jota might leave, but CCV might stay. Um, I think if, you know, if we've got any, any kind of ambition... They're two players that we know. We know what they can do, right? So there, there's there's less of a risk, Colin. It's not like we're going out there and bringing in a player in the summer 
who then has to bed in, who has to get up to speed with the tempo of Ange Postacoglu's training regime and also the way that he plays um, and his philosophy, of course. Uh, but they've already got that. So I just think that you're off to a winner with both players. Go and bring them both of them in. And I know that yeah, ultimately it comes down to what the player wants to do. And there's a comment coming in as well that I think is, is relevant, um, saying that, you know, and I can't actually see it on the screen, but they're not keen on any player who's waiting to see which competition Celtic are playing in before they decide whether or not they're going to sign for Celtic. But I just think it's the nature of the game. Both players will be looking at what their options are at the end of this season, Colin. There seems to be some interest in England for Cameron Carter-Vickers. Uh, there's a decision to be made. Um, all in all, yeah, the Champions League football will be, be massive. But I think the biggest factor is going to be Ange Postecoglou. Mm-hmm. I think that players will want to play for this man and they'll realise that there's a strategy, there's a plan. Um, and it's not just, like you said before, getting us through a season, getting us over the line. There's going to be more of a long um, kind of plan, maybe three, four-year plan under Ange Postecoglou. And I think that a player knows how their, their career is going to develop over the next three or four years, and they're going to have confidence in the gaffer. And the fact the gaffer's going to be there uh, in this ever-changing world of uh, managers, then I think that's massive. Of course, Champions League comes into it as well. What's your view on, on both those players then? And think, whether or not they will both stay. I think when you're a player, obviously you look at someone like Cameron Carter Vickers, he's had what, six loan deals? This is his sixth or seventh loan deal? Seventh, seventh, yeah. Now, he's obviously been at teams and he's probably had a, a great six months somewhere and then the second six months he's, he's fell off and that's why he's not went back there. And what you've got to look at is these players are maybe looking at this as their next career move and when it's your next career move, you're not talking 12 months, you're talking three, four, maybe even beyond that amount of years. So they've got to be very careful in where they want to make their career move. They, they could have a, a great six months at Celtic. Um, and I'm thinking of guys that kind of hit the ground running, like John Guidetti when he was mm. here. Yep. Had a great first six months. Mm. Now, if we'd signed him, going on the form for his second six months, we'd have been looking to punt him in the summer. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. 
because he he, he just kind of he had the form for a, a period of time and then disappeared. I think Celtic and the players are, are very clever in that aspect where the negotiations have probably been open for a while, but nothing's ever been tied down to make sure that the players and the club still think it's the right move for Celtic to make. Um, and we're not wasting money on sort of players that don't want to be here or don't have flattered to deceive for a period of time. Mm-hmm. I think with Jota and CCV, I think it was quite easy to see earlier on that yes, they are going to be a fantastic signing, but put it this way, if one of them had went on and maybe broke their leg or had a, a very serious injury and Celtic had already paid that money out, what kind of position would we be in? We'd be looking to strengthen again come the summer, so I think waiting till the summer's probably the right idea. But I think that when you look at it, it's got to be done in the same manner that the uh, Japanese trio were signed in uh, the January transfer windows. Maybe even if it's a day or two before or if it's like at full time on the last day of the season that the deals are announced, it gives the team that bit of feel-good factor. Um, And that really picked us up on the January transfer window, we had three signings done, the, the window wasn't even open yet. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That that sort of feel-good factor that you can put across the team, then if we can do it like that, I think you're already saying who's excited for next season. Do you know what I mean? Well, when I look at the... You, you said there about players who aren't, you know, who aren't actually contributing. Um, that I think that's a massive part of it as well because Ange Postacoglu has operated for 10 months with some kind of issue that he's had to deal with. And it, we're in a much better position now, but I think the issues that he now has is he's got a surplus um, of players that aren't contributing, who aren't just young guys coming through, Colin. So... You know, these are guys that will be on good wages. And I think mm-hmm. everybody knows the group. Of, some might disagree. So, I mean, the group that I've got at the moment that I'm looking at is Ajeti, Barkas, Sorrow, and Ball and Golly. I don't hear many people arguing with that that four. Mm-hmm. But over the, the last maybe month or so, I've also got a question mark around James McCarthy, Chris Julian, and maybe even Mikey Johnson. Mm-hmm. And um, you know when you when you look at that, you've got seven players there who are first team players, so they're on good wages. Some of them are coming on big, big money. Um, we're definitely going to make a loss over the seven players if we were to get rid of all seven of them in terms of transfer fees. We're going to make yeah. a big loss, Colin. We're going to have to take the hit, uh, particularly when you look at the transfer fees for the first two that I mentioned. But if you take the seven and you look at the fact that okay. McCarthy's been on the bench a few times in the last month, so has Mikey Johnston. The rest of them have contributed zip to Ange mm-hmm. Postacoglu. Not a thing have they contributed to Ange Postacoglu or Celtic. So if you were to push them out, move them on, etc., get them off the, the wage bill, and even replace them, Colin, with four players who are contributing, who four, four players who are pushing for a first-team jersey, you're better off. Even mm-hmm. though you're you're losing three from the personnel, you're better off because you're going to bring in guys that are actually pushing for a first-team jersey. Well, and I think that's it, going to be key. When you look at it, the target for next season is going to be the exact same as this season, to win the league. Because for the next, I think it's two or three seasons, I'm, I'm, at least two, Scotland are guaranteed a Champions League group stage spot. And that money for the, the Champions League goes up every single year. So when you're looking at the loss that you're going to make for a bad, uh, sorry, not a bad, um, 
Don't know Barkas where that came Nayeti. in. Barkas Don't know where a bad I came in from. Um, but Barkas Nayeti and even Bolongoli and stuff like that. Maybe if you lose six, seven million across those three transfers, you can easily make four, three, four times that back by qualifying for the Champions League year after year. And as it stands, this is the easiest opportunity we've had to do this in a number of years. It might might be the easiest ever if I go back at least even under Martin I knew we still had to qualify has there ever been a time we could go straight into the group stage before something in the comments will keep us right there maybe was one or two seasons before we've been able to go straight into the group stages but if so it's been it's been some time ago Colin you know we've had to negotiate qualifiers for a long time so knowing that you've got that guaranteed income Mm -hmm. you can go out there and say you, you can say, right, okay, it, it never really worked out with these guys before, but we'll kind of not write it off as such, but we're not looking to regain 75% of the, the transfer fee. We'll maybe only look for 50% or, be, or less, and we'll use that money to invest it on. It's... Some of the players will go for a nominal fee. You imagine any business and they buy seven um, items, or you know what I mean, we're talking about footballers here, but seven items of machinery that cost a lot of money and you don't use them, but you've still got to plug them in, i.e. you've still got to pay them wages, they're still mm-hmm. costing you money, and you're better off just getting rid. And Now, you can't get rid of a £5 million player on a free transfer if he's still under contract, but I mean, you're talking nominal fees. I mean, after uh, Barkas's Celtic career, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he played two games this season, Mitchell and St Johnston, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not going to command anywhere near five million quid. I mean, I think we'll be able to find him a club in Greece where his stock will still be relatively high as an international player with Champions League experience, etc. Ajeti, I'm not sure where his career goes. Does he go back to Basel? And if so, do you get one and a half million quid from him? Ball and golly, three and a half million pounds. You're writing off the vast majority of that. You're lucky yeah. to get a million pounds back. And and Sorrow, you know, wasn't that long ago that we thought Sorrow was the answer to something. <laughs> when it came in, it came Until in at the same time. Answer. Yeah, it came in at the same time as Turnbull. Remember, and his performances were brilliant in the first half a dozen games. He then gets food poisoning and misses the cup final against Hearts. Never so really, never really came back into it after that. No, so that's your thing. You're talking of what the best part of fifteen million pound in transfer fees there. Yeah, yeah. You'll be lucky if you get seven back for that. Lucky if you get five, mate. It's we're just gonna have to take the hit, but it gets them off the wage bill, doesn't it? And if you can mm. replace seven players or six players with four who are actually contributing and even if they're on the bench but they're pushing for a first team jersey that's massive and I think that's what we'll be looking for in the summer Um, there's a comment coming in from Facebook unfortunately I don't know who it is because you need to do a a wee registration process to get your picture and your name up Uh, but the comment is I'm struggling to see who Idiguchi ever plays in front of within the team going forward I would like to see him on Saturday he's a player Idiguchi it's going from the comments that, um, and I know obviously um, Ange came out and says that Forrest everybody was, was fit and available yeah. and Forrest was the only one not fit, but from what he's mentioned before, there's something to Edigucci that he actually needs a longer term fitness plan to get up to speed. Mm. And I, I think you'll only ever see him playing 15, 20 minutes between now and the end of the season. It's been a long term thing with him. Um, he's on the bench, wasn't he? On yeah, he only, on he only came yeah. out and says that a couple of weeks ago, so I can't imagine that we're too far down the line with that there. I think you, you'll not see Idiguchi, um until probably pre-season actually getting involved 
in amongst the, the, the first team squad. Interesting. Um, I mean, he's not had a bad game for Celtic. He's just, he's been very unlucky coming in and getting injured almost immediately. Yeah. Um, the underwater cabbage salesman, Turnbull in for Hatati. I think that would be your natural change if you were to make a change. Um, Hatati, I, I rate Hatati highly. Mm-hmm. Well, but there is a point coming from Craig Brown that it's the amount of games that he's played without a pre-season, without a rest. You've got to take that into account, plus the international travel. If you get an opportunity maybe to rest him on Saturday, I think it's an opportunity that Ange will take. There was a point that came in at the top of the show, talking about the future of Ange. I mean, we're sitting here talking about that in April, Colin, right? But we know how this works. We know that if Celtic have a player or a manager who does particularly well, the vultures start circling pretty early doors. Ange Postacoglu so far has made a sensational transformation at Celtic Park. And there seems to be rumours flying about that people have him on certain lists, etc. What do we do as a club to ensure the future of Ange at Celtic? I don't think you have much you need to do. I don't think there is much there. If you take a look at it, I think what you're seeing in today's papers is tomorrow's fish wrappers. You don't take a lot of it as um as kind of factors. I seen the thing about Man City are kinda of looking at him is uh, is a potential coach. Of course they have been. He's got that connection to the City group. It's the the reason that Celtic were able to pick him up as a, a manager. Now this these are the same people that only three, four months ago were saying he'll not make it to Christmas, he, he'll be gone, Posta not got a clue and all this Alan Brazil nonsense. All he keeps doing is proving them wrong. And it's as if that once he's proved them wrong, it's like, right, well, we've got to find him the first ticket out of here. Ange Postacoglu understands what Celtic Football Club is. He totally gets it. And when you look at him and you look at his career, he's not someone who just comes in and does 12 months and disappears. He's someone who has a philosophy that he wants to put down at every club that he goes to. He's got a style of football and he's got the sort of belief in his ability to turn the clubs round. I don't see Ange Postacoglu going anywhere f- until both the club and him decide it's the right time to go. And he looks the most comfortable man in Scottish football right now. It doesn't matter whether you offer him a, a four-year deal or you offer him a, another extension to his 12-month rolling contract. He wakes up as a Celtic manager and I bet he's one of the happiest men in Scotland. Thing is, Colin, why do we have to look at the end? Why, why don't, don't we ever? Why don't we ever think about keeping these people? If if they're maybe not the the, the manager of the football club, keeping them in some capacity. I mean, the, the, what these guys can offer is is incredible uh, with their knowledge. I mean, Vim Janssen leaves Celtic. He's the, he's the master brain, as they call him in in the Netherlands, right? But he leaves and he's gone. Vengloss, we retained his services as uh, a European yeah. consultant. Yet, yeah, yeah. some description. I think it's important. I mean. Obviously, the big issue here is if one of the big uh, clubs in England come in for anything at Celtic Park, then you know it starts getting me a bit concerned because th- there's a huge factor there, a massive mm-hmm. factor. And we've seen it so many times in the past, but um, I just hate thinking about that moment where you part. There's a parting uh, of the waves, and he, he walks away back to um, either he either goes back to Australia or he goes down south I just think that he's the type of guy and he's got the philosophy and he gets the club to such a degree that you'd be thinking well 
why can't this be a long-term thing, even if he's not managing the football club? I think when you look at the kind of previous managers that we've had, and then with the exception of Gordon Strachan, who came back this season, we've never really had someone who's been in that career in his life. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? He's, he's never been to the point of, right, well, my next career move might not necessarily be at club management, it might be at boardroom level, it might be at a director of football level. We may have possibly had that with Martin O'Neill if it wasn't for his wife's illness. I don't think Martin O'Neill would have wanted to leave Celtic, to be honest, at the position that he was in. Um, obviously, what has happened there, he went on to Villa and he had success elsewhere, but everyone else that's came in since then, guys like Ronnie Dyla, guys like Brendan Rodgers, guys like as I said, with the exception of Strachan, who's came back, Tony Mowbray, they've all been at a stage of the career where when it came to the end of their time at Celtic, they still had aspirations to do more in their career. Mm-hmm. Whereas Anne just came in, obviously he's in his 50s now, he's had a great coaching career right up until now, he's done it at national level, he's done it at club level. If he stays here for maybe four or five years, there is then that potential where he goes, do you know what, I've done it all. He might want to have that crack at England, but he, he might just decide that he's, he's done it all. And he's looked at the structure of Celtic and went, I can continue to make my impact here whilst developing and helping out whoever the new man is. And you'd like to think that if he has a successful four or five years at the club, then he'd be the guy to sort of suggest who his replacement may be. This is a big thing, Colin, because there's this cycle of manager comes in, brings in his own staff, brings in his own philosophy, training regime, players, and then leaves. Next guy comes in, does it differently, and it continues and continues. And there's always this period of transition. I just think if you've got that constant in terms of a football department, uh, someone like Ange who implements it or you know at grassroots and then is able to implement it with the guy that comes in. I just think it makes sense in modern football, but we're maybe looking a wee bit further ahead than we should well, at this stage. That's the thing, Paul. He's actually already doing it. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have the guys in there just no. now. He is your director of football. He is your head of scouting. He is your coach. He is your head coach and manager because there was nobody there for him when he came in, and he's done a fantastic job doing that so far. Yeah. What what I think he'll get to is a point where maybe twelve months from now he'll have a lot of these um these positions filled with people that either he's been recommended or people from within the club that will make the step up to those positions. He does seem to be someone who um doesn't mind working with new people. He's said that himself. So it. Yeah. exactly. He wants to learn from others as well. So if he decides that down the line, right, we're going to get ahead of scouting in and it's somebody I've never worked with before, but I'm going to learn from him, he'll he'll be fine with that. That's something that he embraces. If he wants his own person, he'll, he'll get that as well because I think he is now someone that the Celtic board realise is a massive, massive asset to the club. And mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. 
Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. I think if you asked for something, if it wasn't something that was beyond the club's reach, then he would get what he asked for. Yeah, absolutely. Alan points out Beaton ahead of Gucci, surely. Uh, yeah, I totally get that, Alan. I, I think Beaton's had a particularly good season. Um, I just want to see more of Eddie Gucci. I wasn't aware that he couldn't maybe last 90 minutes, but um, that might be the reason for him still being on the bench. Uh, Beaton, you know, some people have him in the team of the decade, um, but we'll not go there, Colin. I thought he played well when he came on. He on, did. On Sunday, he did. He's fast. He's sitting the defensive midfield position far better than he ever has done at centre-half or for a long time has done. We've been, I mean, how many months or years have we been talking about actually getting him to play that position? I know he obviously plays centre-half for his, his national team, but he looks a far more comfortable player when he's playing that defensive midfield role. Aye, I'd agree with that. Elfin Priest McCarthy wouldn't be easy to sell with three years left and 15 grand a week. I totally agree with that. I think he's the type of guy that if we do uh, want to move him on, because he's not going to get games, then he needs to go out and loan. He needs to play football at his age, 31 years of age. Danielle F, welcome to the show. We lose money on the transfers, but it frees up the wages uh, to offer to Carnicata Vickers and Jota. CCV will be getting offered decent money from Wolves, Leicester and Burnley. Yes, he will. Uh, and that is what we have to contend with. And it, it comes down to, does he buy uh, Ange Postacoglu? I think he already does. Does he buy Celtic? Surely. And then you add the carrot to the Champions League in the mix as well. Colin, we're 50 minutes into the into the show, and I know that this debate has raised on, is it even a debate? This discussion has raised on uh, all week in relation to some of the, the goings-on on Sunday, but you've not had a chance to talk about it, so I thought I would bring it up with you. Uh, obviously, we had the the bottle incidents um, on the park. The first one being the Celtic physio being struck by an object. Has it been confirmed as a bottle? I think it was a bottle. I think it was. Yeah. He required stitches in the back of his head, and Joe Hart's gone on the park and it's a broken bottle in the goal mouth. Uh, we we asked the question yesterday: if we can't guarantee the safety of our players and staff. Why should we allow Rangers fans into the corresponding fixture later on this season? Do you think that's going to be on the table? Do you think that's a discussion? I don't. I think, considering that Celtic were given tickets for this game, um, I think it's probably already set in stone that Rangers will get the tickets for um, Celtic Park, whether that's the, the right thing or not. I don't think particularly it should be, but it's look, we've got to try and weed it out we've got to weed out the problem I'd like to think that if someone had done that at Celtic Park then the people round about him would have pointed him out and he'd have been gone the fact that they're, they're still investigating that to me is, that doesn't sit right with me that someone's seen that happen mm-hmm. potentially really dangerously hurting someone and just carried on as if it was a bit of banter that's that to me I don't know you've got to be a special type of person to find enjoyment out of that. Um, You're right. Anybody that throws a bottle uh, on the field of play or anywhere where there might be other people um, is a different breed. There's absolutely no doubt about it. I've seen it happen a couple of times at music festivals, right? And it's dangerous, dangerous stuff. You know, I've seen 
someone being struck with a ball, the damage it can do, it's, it's horrific, right? You're at the football where, you know, there's laws against you entering the ground with containers. I mean, at the end of the day, it's even a plastic bottle should be taken off um, fans entering the ground, Colin. So the job's not being done properly from the very first moment, right? So you're talking at a security level, coming into the venue, the failed. The club have failed, right? Um, you then move on to, as you say, the actual act of doing that. And I'm visualising a scenario particularly at halftime when both of these incidents have happened, right? So these are these are moments of a game, a Category A football game in Scotland, which will have more policing at it and more stewarding at it than in any other game that season. Obviously, mm. the, the four fixtures uh, between Celtic and Rangers are going to be categorised in the same way. Now, the stewards who are at the game, Colin, have to watch sections of the park as do the police. I mean, often people have been caught out watching the game. That's a no-no. So the stewards and the police have to be watching sections so that every single section of that stadium is under observations at all times. There's also CCTV. So yeah, although you're relying on somebody saying that this is wrong and it was this guy sitting at this this chair, um, you are kind of relying on that. You shouldn't have to be because no. it should have been identified at the time. You know, and this is the, the biggest frustration for me when you think about the CCTV coverage, right? Also, the fact that, you know, they will be looking through the broadcaster's coverage, you know, cameras that weren't actually broadcasting live, but they were one of the many cameras that are filming live and they're still there in the archive, they're still in the vault, they, they can still be looked at, they'll still pick things up, Colin. So you've got the CCTV, you've got the broadcast footage, plus you've got the stewards and the police, plus 50,000 people. How come mm -hmm. no one's seen who did it? Um, investigations ongoing. Well, hopefully they they will establish who threw the balls. I mean, look, I think every fan base in Scotland have these idiots. I don't think there's anything particular to narrow it down to just being a, a problem at Ibrooks. We've seen it happen at Celtic Park. Where was it? Barry Mackay was there was stuff thrown at him. It was a lighter and stuff like that was thrown at him. Seen it at Motherwell. We've seen it at different various grounds across Scotland. And it's, there's a, there is an element of fans in Scotland who think this is it's just funny. They, they think that it's just a case of, look, well, oh, I don't like this guy, so I'm going to launch a, a pound coin at him. My, my pal was at the game and walked away with two pound because it was, it was through at him. That's what, he, that's what he took away from the game. Scottish, we're, we're never able to sell our game properly if we continue stuff like this. I so mean, the thing, right? I, I know what you're saying because there was also an incident at Patoji, the young kid threw an empty bottle or cup at Jota, I think it was. Yeah. Now, yeah, there are incidents, but I think this is this has taken up quite a few levels when it's glass bottles and it's splitting people's heads. I mean, well, there was yeah, one a couple of seasons throw... ago, was there not, when Lee Griffiths was attacked with a, a Buckfast bottle at Rugby Park, maybe? There was there was a, the half bottle of Bucky at, uh, against Linfield, I remember that game, and, and there was the, the battery at Ibrox. But I, I do think, I do think it's far more of a, an issue with that stadium and the fans of that club. And I think that there's been a, a narrative in some some fields this week whereby they're saying it's a Scottish football issue or it's a Celtic versus Rangers issue. 
I don't think it is. I, yeah, I, I remember the Barry Mackay, uh, Barry Mackay, it was incident mm-hmm. against Hearts. I remember that. And uh, yeah, even if it's a a plastic container, it shouldn't be thrown. Absolutely get it. You deal with the people. Glass bottles. You know that. that I mean, I think you're taking that to a, a completely different level. I mean, that's the kind of thing that you could crack someone's skull open with. The one thing that did disappoint me with the reaction from the other side of the, the city was the supporters liaison officer came out after the game and said they were looking into the, the incident and they would be looking for the person responsible. There was two separate incidents. At least. If you're looking at just one person and trying to blame it on one person, then your job's not being done correctly. That that investigation's flawed from the word go. Known be. for the fact that there was a bottle thrown at Joe Hart and there was also a bottle thrown at our physio. It was two separate incidents. See, I and two different parts of the ground. See the thing called yeah. um, your your Jota, your Jota incident, where he's taking the corner and things have been thrown on. That is not of the same severity or gravity as the the, the broken bottle on the part or the bottle being hit against the physio's head. And I think that yeah, all of it's wrong. Absolutely, all of it's wrong, and it shouldn't be happening. We need to stamp it out. However, the Jota incident is the same for me in terms of severity as the Jota incident at Patodre or the Barry Mackay corner kick incident at Celtic Park against Hearts. You know, so I'm not saying any of it's right, but I just think that there's a level of severity and and when it we're, we're bringing in glass bottles and all that kind of stuff, then it needs to be stacked. Because I can't remember another incident where somebody's had to deal with a battery getting thrown at them. Um, glass bottles in Scottish football. Correct me if I'm wrong. Anybody in the comments, I've not seen that in another football stadium or from another fan base so I, I think it's a big issue and it's one that um, should be addressed and uh, whether or not it is is something we're going to have to wait and see on um, I, 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 I totally understand where you're coming from and I just think that the whole idea of anybody who thinks it's alright to sit in their seat or stand wherever they're standing and go I'm actually going to throw this at a player regardless of what it is what is what goes through somebody's head to go? I'm actually going to throw something at you. Different I mean, breeds, Colin. Different uh, breeds. I, I don't get it. I don't. I mean, you see it happening. As I say, that we've, we've mentioned the other things across Scotland, but I just that mindset to say I'm going to the game with this to throw it at X, Y, and Z. How do you wake up like that in the morning? I don't get it. I just don't get it. Because they're not wired up the same way, Colin. They probably don't have a regret the next day. That's the issue. You know, they think it's okay. Stevie Boy, a thousand watching. Yes. Thanks for pointing that out, Stevie. Um, yeah, thank you, everybody, for tuning in because we have um, hit over 1,100 live on today's bulletin. It's always a pleasure, Colin, and I don't always agree, but that's part of the fun, uh, Colin. And you should see the WhatsApp group. It's even worse. Um, but it is always appreciated, and I said that at the beginning of the show, and I mean it. It's always appreciated. Everybody that tunes in, sends us messages, gives us interaction on the socials, all that kind of stuff. We don't take it for granted. The success or any success that we have is down to the people that are watching the show so thank you all very much for that and if you are this way inclined give us a like on YouTube give us a subscribe and help us to find Stephen Keatings because as far as I know we don't know where we're sending these tickets they're sitting in my inbox and I want to email them to Stephen Keatings Um, how long have we given them? I would have done it I would have wrapped it up before the end of the show we could get somebody who's actually commenting on YouTube 
who subscribes to us on YouTube winning the tickets live. Who wants them? Right. Who who wants who who can go to the hydro tonight to watch Simple Minds? I've got a graphic here. I'll even show you the graphic, and we'll see who comes up. Who can actually go to this game? Right. Let's have a wee look at what, this. Graphic. What are we saying? Are we saying a donation to the St Mary's Church Fund? That would be nice, but I don't. I don't think it's it's totally necessary. There's the gig, right? It's totally necessary. But um, who wants to go? Who wants to go? That's the big question. Who can go? Either that, or I tell you, I tell you what, Paul. Why don't I think of a number between one and sixty-seven, and the first person to give that number gets the tickets? Or is that too much? That, that's yeah, we need to read your mind, which is difficult at the best of times. Exactly. Um, one in but, twenty. Underwater cabbage seeds. Come on, Stephen Keatons. I'm here. Is that your name? Because it comes up as Stephen Keatons. And and by the way, the random number generator obviously is like I'm loving this. 18, number they're coming in already. Eighteen thousand, <laughs> right? So you put it through the the generator, and it came up with number seven. So you then count back from the first sub. You know, so it was quite well, a, a new subscriber. I've got to say, that before you even said that, Scully Music came in and guessed number seven. Yep. Stephen Keaton's is my nickname. I'm at a, I'm having a dilemma here because I feel sorry for Stephen, but I want the tickets to go to somebody who can enjoy them as well. Um, Stephen Kenny, no, it's not Stephen Kenny. Definitely not him. Uh, any tickets for the semi? Unfortunately, not Stevie. But um, we'll update you if that if that changes. Um, right, okay. But what we need is we need a winner. That's what we need. We need a winner. Who is actually saying, give me the tickets, I'll go tonight? Because I'll email them to them. And if Stephen Keatons comes back to me, then I'll be the subject of his wrath. Right? Have we got anybody who says that they can come to the gig? There's a lot of people saying they can go to the gig, Paul. A give lot me a of name. <sighs> I just found this one. I'm not sure what it's in relation to, but you're right. Um, come on. Give me a name. I've not seen a single person saying I can go. Oh, wait a minute. I see underwater. And, and, says you'll donate to the charity. Right. So, sorry for uh, blowing your cover and and actually revealing your real name. Give me an email at pauljohndykes at gmail.com. We have found the winner of the Simple Minds tickets. There we go. Thank you very much for everybody for getting involved. Whenever we come across tickets and signed stuff, we'll give it away. We'll give it away to the subs. Um, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Uh, and once a year, we do our big charity drive. So thank you very much, everybody, for getting involved. And once again, always a pleasure. Colin Watt, thanks for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. not easy being the one everyone counts on to keep your operation running no matter the weather or supply chain hiccup but we get you raymond and buffalo maria and miami and jules and troy taking control of everything that's under your control at granger we're here for you with high quality supplies for every industry plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to help 
Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.